It's time. It's time once again to take a journey. So turn on the lights, pull your chair up, get a little closer to the computer, and get ready, because the journey's about to begin. You turn your radio on, and there it is, a faint station wafting in and out of the static of the night. A man named Eric, running a show called The Midnight Cafe, calls to you. The conversation seems strange at first, but as you listen, as his voice fades in and out of the static, you realize this is where you were meant to be. This is what you were meant to listen to. We will take a journey that takes us from the normal, well, all the way through to the paranormal and beyond. We'll talk about the knowns and the unknowns and everything in between. And together, perhaps we'll make a little sense out of this crazy world we all live in. Welcome. Welcome, my friends, to another episode of the Midnight Cafe. I'm your host, Eric. And tonight, we celebrate Halloween. (laughs) And now I see that I've misspelled the special of Halloween here on the show. So I'll go ahead and take care of that here. But it's going to be an interesting night, hopefully. Hopefully you'll stick with us for however long it goes. Probably probably a little shorter than last week's show. We kind of went long. But uh, we have some cool stuff. we got a lot of movies that we're going to be going over tonight. A little bit of a departure from our normal paranormal stuff. And a little bit more into the normal. But uh, we'll get started with that in just a minute. I do want to say hi to a couple of folks who are popping in already. Dustin Adams, Super B, Scooters55, Eddie. How you doing, buddy? The host with the most, no, that would be Elvira, and my good friend. Harold Wade, hello from Georgia, good to see you. Hank Coggins, hello from Louisiana, and Al Martin III. Halloween is my wife's birthday. Boy, is she lucky. My favorite holiday, everybody, is definitely Halloween. Christmas, Christmas tends to be one of those things where sometimes we have great Christmases, but Christmases can also be a pretty sad and depressing time in a lot of folks' lives, so... uh I don't know. Growing up, I thought Halloween was always the most fun. Scary movies. Who doesn't like a good fake scare, you know? And and who doesn't like uh, getting candy or going out to parties and having fun stuff happen? So it, I'm getting old, but I still enjoy a good scare as long as it's, you know, a fake scare. <laughs> Charlie Broadway. Midnight comes early in the mountains of North Carolina. Yes. Again, going back to that whole I'm old thing. The Midnight Cafe used to broadcast, you know. 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, sometimes uh, 9 o'clock. But yeah, now we're old and it's 6.30, so <laughs> I love it, man. Welcome, welcome. Hey, Mower Junkie. Hey, man, I saw uh, Skip was rolling today. I was shooting for you, man. I heard some folks from Georgia, and I was hoping to catch you in there. I saw that uh, Mike Cricket, got, he posted a video. Uh, that he, he heard you. I don't know if you all chatted, but he heard you for sure. So I did get a chance to play only for like 20 minutes, man, but I did get a chance to play. Made contacts in Texas. Georgia and Florida, so it was definitely a good day for Skip. David G., good to see you in here, my friend. Zach Robinson, happy Saturday, and greetings from North Florida. You as well, my friend. Uh, Will I be doing a Christmas special? Possibly, possibly. And Super B says Skype is up and ready. I am going to open the lines here in a little while, as soon as I'm done with the news. I didn't even even open uh, the app. I've really, like, had some issues, and I hope everything is coming through on your side. You won't be seeing my... um, my face tonight because again there's some bandwidth issues going on i have another another uh new router coming and i've i've actually spent a lot of money in the last six months on routers and upgrades to the 
to the to the homestead here trying to get this to be a more stable thing since I'm going to be trying to do more episodes of this on a more regular basis. So uh, bear with me, but hopefully we will not have any dropouts or just flat out crashes. So that that's my goal for this evening. But And it's so nice that last weekend um, when we had Kevin in here that, that we were able to have a great show with both of us, uh, you know, in on Skype and video and everything. So let's let's hope that we just get a night where we can at least show you some great pictures here and and uh we'll go we'll go with there but charlie broadway says he's asleep by 10 bro that's like that's like midnight for me now 10 o'clock might as well be midnight i'm getting i'm getting old yeah a lot of buffering uh well i'm sorry there's nothing more that i can do i have turned the bandwidth down as low as i can get it so that's unfortunate but hopefully it clears up tracy hinton good to see you bud nice Let's see. Still saying poor. Y'all let me know if that was an improvement. That's one thing I can try. The other thing I can try here is to switch. Jeez, I don't even want to do that, but I'm going to do that. No, that's all I can do. Well, you guys still hearing me at this point? I don't know. We'll give it a try. It does show dropped frames is now much lower, so hopefully that's working out better. We're going to go with that, guys. I'm going to move on. If not... Uh, Oh, good, good. Super B saying it's getting better. So let's hope that it stays that way. So I've dropped that connection there. So I have 5G and 2.4G as far as the the uh, router. So we're trying it at 2.4G, um, and we'll see. Good, good, good. Alex King, Chris Severin, 556, H&X. Good, good, good. I'm so happy. Let's hope that it does because I hate starting shows with technical issues. Dallas, good to, good to see you, man. Or hear you anyway. All right, let's move on. We're going to do this. Let's do it. <laughs> Starting off with the news. Let's do some news tonight. Dialing down my end. Awesome, man. Appreciate it, brother. All right. Big news in space. Right on. Let's talk about it. I don't know if any of you have heard it. I actually don't even know the name of this ship. I think it's Osiris, which is just a cool, cool name if you really think about it. But NASA, sometime a few years ago, I think it was 2019 or 2018, shot a rocket into outer space, as they love to do, and put on this a payload. Yeah, Robert's got the right thing. Asteroid mining, which is going to be big, big, big thing, okay, in the future of our country and in the, of the world. So what we got going on is this thing has orbited this asteroid for some time now. As it nears its close, closest point to Earth, we're taking the opportunity to uh, send down the lander. And it didn't actually touch down, but it had an about 11-foot arm that dropped down to the surface, blasted some nitrogen into the surface, collected a bunch of rocks, and it was actually like better than anticipated, which may be a bit of a problem. As I read right before the show started, we actually have a bit of an issue where this collected, they were hoping, like success for this would have been two ounces, or I'm sorry, two grams of of rock, which is nothing. I mean, that's nothing. But they got 200 is what they estimated. And the only bad news is they pushed up so much rock and filled the bags so filled that the doors didn't close. So when they took it off, they actually started losing some of that dust and debris and rocks and stuff started to fall out of the bag. So they have tucked that arm in uh, two days earlier than they were going to. It was going to be this. They were actually going to go through a spin and using the spin, they would have calculated how much mass and energy and so on and so forth to determine exactly how much they got. Kind of like opening a Christmas present before Christmas uh, really is what it was going to come down to. But 
they have decided that by spinning it, it increases the opportunity for more rocks to fall out. So they have just pulled the arm in, tucked it in close. They'll be moving it to the capsule as quickly as possible, and it'll be headed back. So it's really, really cool that that's going to be happening here. And uh, I look forward to hopefully a successful landing here on our side of the world when it finally arrives back in Earth in 2023. So it's going to be a long wait for that to open that package. So uh, a lot of a lot of waiting and a lot of hoping that the rocks stayed in it. Amazing. First, you know, we've we've pulled rocks in from the moon during our space missions back in the 60s. But think about it. Think about it. We this is an object that that travels to the farthest reaches of our solar system, uh, you know, multiple times, multiple times, comes and goes, comes and goes. And so this is something that may contain minerals or rocks or who knows what that we as mankind don't know exist yet. So I really look forward to seeing it. I'm not a scientist by any means, but it is certainly cool learning about our universe and learning about our solar system and learning about ourselves in the process. So I look forward to hopefully a successful landing. And uh, of course, uh, I can't help but think of um, Calvin from the movie Life. So let's hope we don't have an ending like that to the story. But uh, if you've ever seen that movie, that is definitely an interesting, <laughs> hopefully not the ending we want to have. Hewlett Baker, how you doing, man? Long time no type. Right on, brother. Yeah. Al Martin III, I did. I did. You know, I was reading through those... Uh, I was reading through all those comments for that radio giveaway, and I, I'm I'm I wish that I was a rich man and that I could just send out radios to every single person that left me a comment today. Almost 200 comments at the time of uh, of going live, and just shocked by the people that apparently feel the way I do, and I love it, man. I love it. People wanting to talking about community radio, talking about you know small towns and how they would think that it would be such a great asset. Uh, one gentleman in a retirement community. I mean, it's just so many different stories that, you know, it makes me want to, you know, take out a loan or something like that and start buying everybody radios. But uh, I do want to thank Redicus for that opportunity. When I got the email from them, you know, I had, I had done the radio video with them before uh, with uh, the TR-502, which is down in Raleigh working now or outside of Raleigh. And then like a week ago or two weeks ago, I had bought that shortwave radio for work, and it was like the day after I placed that order on Amazon that they reached out to me and said, hey, would you be interested in reviewing a product? Or I would have reviewed that for them, but uh, so I said, geez, you know, I don't know, and I kind of looked at the stuff they had, and I told them, well, you know, I could do a radio, you know, transmitter review, but, uh, you know, I just threw that out there thinking they would never, ever go for it, but they went for it, man, and so thanks to them, man, thanks to them. Super B says, I think the giveaway is awesome, but I have too many irons in the fire to take on broadcasting right now. Yeah, I know the feeling, man. I'm I'm torn in so many different directions right now. Every hobby of mine is is suffering a little bit at this point. And um and but, you know, it's it's good to have hobbies. I think people uh, you know, what they say, idle mind, you know, leads to leads to the road of ruin pretty much. So good to have ideas rolling around the back of your head, and maybe someday it'll be the right time for you, Super B, to do something like that in your neighborhood. And, uh, and I, I wish you the best if you can, man. Sorry, I'm taking a sip. So I've had some sleeping issues lately. I've been getting up about 3, 3.10, and, um, which isn't, I mean, it's not terrible, but it, it makes it so even at 6.30 sometimes I'm dragging. So I actually poured a cup of tea before the show. I don't normally drink, but maybe a sip or two of water during the show. So 
Robert Clark, on the topic of horror movies worth watching, I enjoyed The Crow, but it didn't hold up well. Yeah, I haven't seen that since it came out, man, but yeah, that's very interesting. Charlie Broadway, I want my own radio station so I can sell out to Clear Channel. Yeah, you know, and here's something, you know, if you're talking about Clear Channel, and we're already getting off topic, I haven't even made it through the news yet, but uh, Charlie, talking about Clear Channel buying out, you know, and, and like how most media is owned by two or three companies in, uh, in North Carolina, it's Curtis Media, and I'm in no way dissing Curtis Media. I know Don Curtis, and he's an all right guy. And I've done some work with 680 WPTF, and I've done some work with a, a station here locally where I live that's also owned by Curtis. But they're they're bound by contractual agreements, um, and because of that, you it's hard to get local programming on. You know, back in the day, the Midnight Cafe, you know, was was something that was shopped around to stations, and it wasn't a bad. It wasn't hard to get sold. I mean, people would just be like, "Yeah, we'll put that on at two o'clock in the morning. We don't have anything else going on." But, you know, when you talk about Clear Channel or Curtis or, or there's so many others out there, even at 2 o'clock in the morning, they got stuff going on and it's contractual. So they can't get out of it, even if they don't even like it, even if they don't want it. It's a show that is sold with commercials. So you get a cut of, of the, you know, airing the show. So it's what they have to do. But the good news or the news, I, I don't call it good news. And behind the scenes, I am actually actively trying to purchase a radio station, like a real radio station. I have been for over a year and a half now, and um, you know, I'm not talking about a 50,000 watt blowtorch, but uh, I am talking about trying to find a radio station in a smaller market uh, and and doing that because they're still out there. And what's happening is a lot of these stations have actually gone out of business, or they've just shut them down, and they are clearing them out. So it's amazing how we went from individual radio stations to monster mega conglomerate radio stations and now here we are slowly uh, maybe working our way back down to some community radio stations here so that would be something that i'm definitely actively looking to do although my uh, finances are very very tight so i'm at the very very bottom end of the spectrum and the few stations that i have seen that were in my price range thus far have been either in areas where my idea for what i want to broadcast wouldn't play well or they're just too far away you know, I want to buy something within a state or two of where I live. So I'll keep you all informed on that if that ever plays out. Uh, Chris Evanson is saying he wants to bring back CBS Mystery Theater. Right on, dude. Yeah, I'd love to play old old stuff like that and and maybe bring new versions of that. You know, I think Theater of the Mind is something that the Midnight Cafe has tried before and has had some success with over the years. And so uh, I think that there is a market for that. And I've certainly heard some religious channels that do live plays or like radio dramas and stuff that... that I really enjoy listening to. And a lot of that's on shortwave, but some of that's still on AM and FM. Super B saying, I would just want Keith Monk's record cleaning equipment. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right, let me go ahead and close this one out. We're going to open up another one. And this one I, is, um, I, no, I'm going to go with this one next. This is Yellowstone. And, you know, I think we talk about this probably every every couple of months here on the Midnight Cafe. But we there's been some more seismic activity more indications that things are somewhat brewing in the caldera of Yellowstone. Actually started this last two weeks with Alaska. A pretty large, large earthquake off in the Aleutians, but it apparently affected Yellowstone and caused a numerous uh, smaller quakes to sprout up in the area. And you can see some of the dots lined up there with, you know, the size of these things. But this is a massive, massive area, and of course, when it goes, it will forever alter humankind. Uh, 
and our civilization here in the United States will never be the same, not for many thousands of years probably. Super B saying way overdue, most definitely. So what we're looking at with Yellowstone is they're saying about every 600,000 years. We're about 660,000 years into that cycle. So anytime, anytime it wants to decide to go poof, it will. And when it does, it is going to be catastrophic, not just for the United States, but for the world. Uh, global Ice Age, most likely. And uh, a real doozy. So and not a good thing, but something I keep an eye on. Um, you know, and it's funny, like, there are certain things that we, the people, can keep an eye on because, hey, you know, it's something to look out for. Uh, so a video that I still get comments on that, that kind of cracks me up because people are like, oh, isn't it funny? It's almost like you knew. I did know. So, <laughs> I'm talking about the global catastrophe that we're all living in right now. But back in, I think it was early February, I posted a video that said, one more good reason to get into CB radio right now. And, uh, you know, I talked about, well, be nothing going on worldwide right now, nothing that we should be concerned about. And it's not like, you know, governments around the world would want to maybe mold the conversation or try to hide information and nothing like that would ever happen. And I was literally talking about what we're going through right now because I had been watching the numbers. And uh, at that point in February, no one was paying attention. It wasn't until March, a month later, that people all of a sudden started going, ruh -roh, because that's when the media told us it was important. So again, it's something where it's important for us to look and to keep an observational eye on things that are going on. And a lot of times, well, the corporate or sponsored or state media, whatever you want to call it, right now, they're not really going to be telling us everything we need to know. And that's part of the reason I made that shortwave radio videos that you can talk to or listen to uh, stations all the way around the world and hear other countries' propaganda, because their propaganda oftentimes is a lot different than our propaganda. So it's always good to have all the ideas out there. And of course, as the internet becomes more and more closed-minded and more and more uh, closed off to free thought and free speech, it's more important to look at other avenues to get this type of information. So I wish you all the best. So there we go. That was kind of a rant that I didn't expect to have. Al Martin III, so more on point, I believe my mother still inhabits my house. My mom mentally died here 12 years ago. Days later, her body died at the hospital, and my four-year-old talks to her all the time. Wow, man. That uh, that doesn't surprise me. Um, as far as, like, where where would you, Al, you know, where would you want to be after you passed away? You know, if you were going to visit a place, it certainly wouldn't be the actual moment or place that you died. It would be the places that you loved. You would go back to your home. You would go back to maybe your job, or you'd go back to see your kids, you know? So that... That doesn't surprise me. That's really cool, man. Robbie Strike says, Hey, Eric, how's it going? Listening to the show live for the first time, but I've been enjoying it on the replays. Hey, Robbie, I missed your show today. I had so much stuff going on. Um, Robbie Strike is the satellite guy, no doubt. And uh, he does some pretty cool Saturday shows. In fact, I joined uh, Robbie on one of his shows a couple, well, man, it feels like it was weeks, but I guess it's been months now, hasn't it? <laughs> Super so be saying, yeah, Yellowstone would be a quick end to global warming, no doubt about that. Robbie Strike, right now I'm waiting in the hospital to get a tetanus shot. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, and that, man, tetanus shot always hurts for a couple of days afterward. It makes a big hard spot on my shoulder whenever I have to have it. But I've certainly been there, brother. Chris pointing out the CB radio was the very first at social media. Tristan Outdoors, I don't know if there's any, uh, any thought to it, but I heard a while ago... There was a growing magma chamber that stretched from Massachusetts, I'm sorry, from Vermont all the way to New Hampshire. I'll have to check into that, man. Cool. 
All right, let's see here. I am going to wrap this up uh, at the news section anyway, because I do want to kind of just get onto the show. Gosh, it's already been 20 minutes. And uh, I got a funny one for you all. This one will crack you up. Um, I sent some people uh, to your video for your giveaway. A transmitter would be good for some satellite listeners to rebroadcast. Yeah, man, G19 has tons of uh, radio stuff that, you you know, stations you could rebroadcast. So um, there we go. Let's go here. I'm going to close off that. And here it is, the funniest one. Now, we are definitely not getting into politics, but I do want to bring this up. Like, this week is all about asteroids, apparently. So... There is an asteroid. I'm sure most of you about this. Uh, the odds are extraordinarily slim. I think it's less than one percent. But election night, I think it is the or the night before election night. There is a, a slim but possible chance of a, a good sized asteroid smashing into the Earth, causing who knows what kind of damage. And um, I brought this picture up. I found it when I was looking for information on the uh, asteroid collection. I found this and I thought, you know, there was a bumper sticker I saw back in 2016 and it, and, and the sticker was on the back of this guy's truck and it said, Aster, or Meteor 2016 just ended all already. And I kind of feel that way about the, uh, the rest of the news. If you notice, the news section has not really had a lot uh, here in the Midnight Cafe. I just, I'm done with it for right now. So uh, the next time we see each other or hear each other, uh, this will all be over with, and I'm looking forward to it all being over with at this point, because I don't know about the rest of you, but I've pretty much had enough. Robert Clark saying, speaking of shots, flu shots are available. Yeah, I am required by one of my jobs to receive flu shots every year now, so I'm going to be doing that shortly. And he says, yeah, it's the end of the world as we know it, no doubt, no doubt. Well, guess what? I'm going to play a quick song. This is Marky Shaw's... Uh, the Whispers, which is a kind of a groovy, if you listen to the words, it's interesting. Static on the radio and voices in his head. I love it. So uh, let's listen to that. And when we come back, we're going to get into our main topic, our Halloween topic. We're going to be talking about horror movies, sci-fi movies, classics, and newer stuff. And I'm hoping that some of y'all will chime in with some of your favorites uh, because I'm kind of curious. Like, I have mine that I listen to, and I'm, you know... I'll, I kind of go back and watch them again. In fact, uh, after I get done with this, if I'm for it, <laughs> I'll be listening. I'll be watching uh, um, a movie later on tonight. So here we go with, uh, where is it? The Whispers from Marky Shaw. And then when we come back, I'll open the lines and we'll start talking about some movies. <laughs> Supposed to do so, why? I, I tell me why I 
Good to see you in here, Robert Clark, man. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah, it's been interesting. Keeps it real. Yeah, well, you know, you're going to get like, uh, if you want polished, <laughs> it's called Coast to Coast and it starts in about four hours, <laughs> at least on the East Coast. So tonight's main topic, it's our Halloween special here on the Midnight Cafe, and we are going to be talking about horror movies, new and old science fiction also thrown in there. I've even got a few television series and I'm going to start in no particular order because I literally spent, well, from 3 o'clock in the morning till about 4.45 finding some, uh, you know, pictures, posters of, uh, or even DVD covers of some of these great movies that I've enjoyed over the years. And I'm going to start with the one that we're going to watch later on tonight. I hope, uh, oh, by the way, Skype is open. Now, I am looking at the frame rate uh, that I'm dropping here, and it's hovering around 10%. So we are going to hopefully be able to pick up another audio feed if somebody calls in. I don't see that would be an issue, but if it becomes an issue, we'll have to just go with the comments section, unfortunately. But let's get started. I'm going to pull this one up. Poltergeist. Y'all remember Poltergeist? I might even be able to make that a little bigger. Yeah, let me do that. There we go. Poltergeist. That's right. 1982, I think this one was. And uh, I remember seeing this when I was uh, a pretty young guy. I mean, I was a kid. And it scared the you-know-what out of me. And I've only watched it maybe three or four times over the years. But I tell you what, it's held up really, really well. So if you haven't ever heard of this, I'll give some of the plot away. But it's about a uh, house that is uh, built on top of a cemetery. Like they, they come in and develop a housing project, but they just take the stones. They never take the bodies. 
And so because of that, you've got some angry spirits. And um, that is a great, great story. I don't want to give too much of this stuff away, but I'm going to listen to the comment section here. Anybody here got anything to say about Poltergeist? Was that a, on your picks? Yeah, Al Martin saying yeah. Barney says yep, that was a good one. Robbie Strikes got a great comment. Eric, I'm thinking we need to start a T station together on satellite. Would anyone give us a million bucks to start it up? Buddy, if I ever hit it big, you betcha. That is on my list. Uh, the movie VHS. I think we actually talked about this when I came on your show. The movie VHS. No, UHF with, uh, gosh, what's his name? Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I can't remember. Weird Al Yankovic, that's it. And Fran Drescher was in that, a real young Fran Drescher. So, uh, yeah, I would love to do that. Love to. And there's, you know, if you go on, there's there's uh, UHF stations still for sale here in the United States, and they're actually about the same price as an AM or small FM station. So you could get into it and at least be on a cable, uh, because basically if you're, you know, in the area that cable serves, it's pretty much picked up and carried. So very cool info out there. Robbie, I ought to check that out. I might even be able to forge you the site that I've subscribed to that lets me know when TV and radio. But you'd be surprised. This stuff gets happening, happens all the time. Oh, yeah, I see some frames being dropped. Oh, man, what a bummer. Oh, we're going to hang in there. Hopefully we make it work. Only other thing I can think to do here, I'll try one more thing. If I, I don't know. I'll try this. I'm going to switch one more time. We'll see if it happens. <laughs> this may have been a terrible mistake. Can't connect. All right, we're back on. Hopefully that fixes that. I'm trying and trying and trying, but it still looks like it's dropping frames. <sighs> Let's see what else we got here in the comments section. Those ghosts were almost as scary as the Homeowners Association. <laughs> yeah, buddy. I love it. Uh <laughs> uh, let's see, River Riders chiming in. Trick or Treat 1986 with Gene Simmons and Ozzy. Heavy metal horror. Hmm, a little cheesy, but it played off the back. Masking of Rock Records and Tipper Gore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you play it backwards, how it caused all kinds of trouble. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, that's great. <laughs> uh, the Clown, yeah, gosh. You know, it's like clowns are terrible in everything, man. That's why I don't ever want to watch the, uh, what is it, It, you know, and they made a remake of that, although it probably isn't very good gosh i'm watching the frame rate collapse here okay i'm gonna shut down skype apparently we're not gonna be playing with that tonight so let me get rid of that and see if that makes any difference i'm so sorry guys it would have been great and it's still climbing gosh yep let's just keep our fingers crossed here uh, robbie's saying he saw the sequel to poltergeist 2 which seemed more comical than the original yeah poltergeist 2 i remember when it came out we i think everyone in the universe was probably fairly excited about it but uh, it it did not age. It was yeah, and very rarely are sequels as good as the originals. But in the list and uh, that I have tonight, um, there's actually several movies that are either remakes or sequels that were actually really really good. So uh, we do have some in here that I think are good. Um, Patrick saying yeah, the little girl in that passed away in real life. Yeah, it was like a uh, intestinal issue that was you know sudden sudden problem. Uh, good news here on my side, guys, is that apparently closing Skype, the frame rates have stopped dropping. So we're going to have to hang in there right here around zero. I apologize because I really would love to have some people call in tonight. But please, please, please make sure to comment in the comment section so we can make this an interactive conversation because it certainly makes the show more fun for me and hopefully for you as well. Phantasm. Yeah, so Chris, I have seen bits and pieces of Phantasm, but I have never seen 
the entire movie. So I actually got the set. It's coming from Amazon. Or I think actually I bought it used on eBay. But I've got like the Phantasm 1 through 3 or 1 through 4, whatever it is, set. So uh, I'll be watching those for the first time. And hopefully I'll have some time to do that before Halloween comes. So I'm looking forward to that, my friend. Robbie Shright saying it's like watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and thinking the whole movie is a comedy. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't put the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre on this list. It's a very gory movie. But it is actually... Um, it is actually, like, really scary. I mean, it, it's it's frightening in the sense that it's, you know, because of its gore, its shock value was just kind of, you know, frightening, so... Uh, Robert Clark, you are correct. I would agree with you, Poltergeist, that mom. Yes, I would agree. Alien, it's on the list, yep. Yeah. Uh, let's see, you need a network person more than a producer. Yeah, unfortunately. Mark Bennett saying, are you sending video just seeing the screen? Yeah, man, I'm at bare minimum tonight, so you're just going to see the screen and the pictures that I'm going to put up here. And uh, I apologize for that, but that's that's what we're rolling with right now. So it is holding for right now. So we're going to move from Poltergeist to this one. This is a more recent video. I think this is going to be a little controversial. Probably some of you out there are going to say, man, that's not very good. Paranormal Activity, which has had like more sequels than Friday the 13th at this point. But I remember watching this. Uh, I had my mom over for dinner. And, and uh, I thought it was pretty darn good. Uh, oh, you know what? Hold on a second, boys and girls. Let me try something. I just thought of something. I just thought of something. Oh, no, I already have it on low latency. Oh, sorry about that. I thought for a second there maybe I might have another way of tricking this thing into working better tonight, but no, it's already set to the lowest it possibly can be. So Super B saying, meh, didn't like it. Huh? So like I watched the, uh, the sequels. Uh, well, I watched the first two sequels of it, and I thought, well, we've already seen it. And that's the problem with a lot of movies. You know, when you get into like the slasher films, Usually the first one is interesting because it's a new character and a new setting. And then rapidly it loses its its luster. And I think that wasn't the case with Paranormal Activity with me. was that the first one was interesting because it was something that, you know, it's caught on security camera. You never see the monster. You never see, you know, the alien. You never see the creature, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I think that's what made it fun for me. And, of course, at the time I was living in a house that had a little bit of Paranormal Activity going on in it. I lived in a house that was from the 1860s for many years. Our first farmhouse, our first farm, was a very, very old farmhouse. And so, and, and you know, an, a gentleman had passed away there, as most houses have, if they're up long enough, somebody eventually dies in them. So uh, that was that was cool. I liked that. I thought that was pretty good. So I know that was going to be one, you know, more modern one that folks maybe didn't feel was that great of a movie, but I, I got to say, I enjoyed the first one after that though, folks, you know, unless you just want to watch the same repeat, it's, um, you know, it's a different setting or a different time era, but it's pretty much the same story. So it's always cool. Uh, let's see. Rewatched altered States. Yeah, that was a good movie. I liked that one. Barney saying he did see paranormal activity. Thought it was pretty darn spooky. Super B saying Robert, uh, Kubrick was a genius. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. That he was shining was good. Um, I like that movie. It's a little long, but I liked it. And then, of course, uh, Jack is a pretty good guy. <laughs> He's just pretty good at acting, period. All right, we're going to leave that one, and we're going to move on to one that I think everyone can agree maybe isn't the most frightening movie, but definitely is a classic horror film of the 80s. And that is The Evil Dead. And uh, that is, the, I'm not, I mean, they made, you know, The Evil Dead, and then they made The Evil Dead again, and that was kind of like a remake of 
the same movie, and it's a great movie. I mean, it's great. Bruce Campbell? I don't know. You know, people say that I tend to act a little bit like Bruce Campbell and um, <laughs> and 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 Jim Kirk, you know, <laughs> I've got the, I went to the school of, uh, William Shatner, you know, I, I have random pauses in my speech and I don't, you know, it's not that I was attempting to have this problem. It's probably because my brain is operating slower than my mouth. So <laughs> that's what's going on there. But the evil dead with Bruce Campbell, the original was a pretty low budget, but very, very, very scary, uh, situation. I mean, it's good. There's a, there's, you know, it's pretty darn good. I like that. So, yeah, Super B saying yes on that one. Most definitely. So, if you haven't ever checked out The Evil Dead, it is gruesome, but it is also good. It's also good. It's also good. Some people like the, the remake of it a little better. And I'm not talking about the remake, like, a couple-year-old remake. I'm talking about, that you know, they remade that in 81, and I think the remake was, what, 85 or 86? And then, of course, Army of Darkness is not a horror movie, but it is probably one of the best movies comedy horror movies or whatever you want to call that out there it is an homage to so many other movies bruce campbell is at his finest when making that and i was lucky enough to see that one in the theater <laughs> well hello mr fancy fancy <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly al martin saying how about 1408 an excellent excellent movie about a paranormal investigator who does not believe that a room is haunted and uh, that is a great movie as well i had forgotten all about that i might have to try and search for a used copy of that somewhere on eBay because that is a good movie. Robert Clark says Donnie Darko is both thought-provoking and good fun. Um, yeah, man. So I like Donnie Darko. I thought it was a bit odd, but I thought it was also pretty good. I like movies that are different. I don't know that I would say Donnie Darko is a horror movie, though. I think that's just kind of a kind of a weird movie, for sure, anyway. Uh, Harold Wade saying he grew up in a haunted house in old Atlanta, so no real need for horror movies because you lived it. Yeah, but there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Alex King saying, Evil Dead, heck yeah. Al Martin saying, If Chins Could Kill. Robert Clark, Shop Smart. Shop S-Mart. <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have the shirt, Robert. My boomstick shirt. This is my boomstick. Heck yeah. So, uh, great one, great one. Patrick, I had forgotten all about that one, but he's talking about The Hitcher. That is a great, uh, suspenseful, you know, scary hitchhiker movie with that, uh, was that Ruth, Ruthger Howard, man? Oh, man, he played a great one. And uh, a very young C. Thomas Howell. Oh, man, that's a good movie, too, The Hitcher. Yeah, that's one worth watching. That definitely follows the Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Tracy Hinton says he was in the Blue Mountain Parkway yesterday, and I was alone, and I was taking some pictures, and I heard the voice of a spirit ask for help. Oh, man. Well, that is so sad, man. Hopefully, hopefully you were able to give it some peace, man. So, Robert Clark saying Bubba Nosferatu. Yeah, good movie, but definitely not really a true horror. But it, that was. And, you know, they had planned on making a sequel about that one, but it, it never panned out, man. Uh, Charlie Broadway saying the best low-budget horror film was the original Halloween. Yeah. Uh, movies got worse as the budget got bigger. In many cases, you're correct, sir. You know, And I thought about putting the original Halloween or the original uh, Friday the 13th on here, and I skipped both of those, mostly because I think... I have another Halloween movie that's uh, I feel is superior to that first one, and I think when it comes to Friday Thirteenth, my personal favorite is Number Six. But by that point, they weren't really horror movies anymore; they were just slasher movies. But I did put another one of those type of series in here, and we'll get to it as we go through the night. Al Martin saying Butterfly Effect that's definitely an, a good one. Again, though, I think that's more of a thriller than a horror movie. But 
12, 12 monkeys was good. No doubt about that. All right, let's move on here. This one, some of y'all may not know. This one wasn't as popular as the ones we've covered so far, but 1981's The Howling. Does anybody remember that one? It's a great, great werewolf movie. And uh, just a great movie overall. Has uh, you know, Robert, no, not Robert Beltran. Has, has, one, has the, uh, the holographic doctor from Star Trek Voyager plays a, a character in it. And he's actually, he's a bad guy and he does it really well job of it and there's some ever other uh, fairly famous people and if you ever seen that movie i want to get your opinion opinion on that one uh hey man how are you, how are you doing holiday man hnx media house of a thousand corpses boy that's a violent movie man violent pet cemetery super b says yes with uh with tasha yar in it yeah very good barney's talking about they live yeah they live is a great movie but again the they live is that's not a horror movie really that's that's uh i think very close to reality to be quite honest with you guys we could spend a whole evening dissecting they live and uh talking about how real they live really is so uh, uh i like the original holiday man i like the original best the 81 model although i love all of them but i think the first one is just the scariest one so robbie strike is like eight or eleven minutes of the best fight ever yeah no doubt man superbees chiming in yeah yeah so I take it not many of you have ever seen The Howling then. Well, I would ask you all to put that one on um, on your list because the guy that did the special effects for American Werewolf in London, uh, you know, we're talking about, uh, yeah, I'm talking about the original, Chris, because the rest were just goofy. But the original Howling, they used, you know, traditional effects and some of the transformations into wolves were just incredibly uh, graphic gruesome and realistic and it was really really cool man so i think y'all would definitely like the howling put that one on your list for the halloween season right all right we're gonna move back in time to the black and white era if you have not seen this one i have to ask you what are you thinking <laughs> here we go them the uh, 1957, I think this movie came out. It is black and white. It is about radioactive, gigantic ants. And if you haven't seen it, it is both scary, a little bit funny, and a lot of action. So there were a ton of giant monster movies, you know, giant bugs. We had, um, oh gosh, let's see, what was the one that, the, uh, that had the giant uh, praying mantis? The deadly mantis, I think it was. There was one that was the... Uh, you know, the, there's obviously lots of ones with tarantulas and spiders, but them, of all of the ones you see it, if all the ones that of that era, them really captures it perfectly, it, and it uh, and it really does a good job. It takes itself seriously, it pulls it off well. The anim animated uh, ants are really really impressive and scary, and without giving too much away, plenty of the characters don't make it to the end of the movie, which also brings an, an era of realism that doesn't exist in so many movies. So them, if, uh, and, and I don't see anybody commenting on them, so apparently that's one that has also slipped into the passage of time, that old, old, old school, right? Uh, Robbie Strike saying a lot of them like Jaws start off scary, and then they make sequels, and they're just like comedies. Yeah, exactly. The original Jaws is a terrifying, suspenseful horror movie. I mean, it's it's gory, but not you know gruesomely gory, except for one or two small pieces. Uh, but it's suspenseful. The monsters in the deep, you hardly see them, and, and when you do see them, it doesn't usually end well for the people involved. So I would say Jaws fits every bill of sale when you're talking about a good horror movie, no doubt. 
Invasion of the Body Snatchers, classic, great movie. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, 1968, yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, and that's probably one of the most well-known horror movies ever, started the genre, although, you know, the zombies or, or the undead were around before that, but that really captured it, so. HNX Media saying Friday the 13th Part 6 was my personal favorite of well. Hey, what do you think, man? That's crazy. I marathoned the entire series in the documentary two weeks ago. No kidding, huh? Yeah, uh, I've, I've, I've probably watched them all at least a dozen times over the years. Friday the 13th it definitely has replay value, although I think from three on it gets better as far as you know just comical replay and some of the acting. But yeah, number six is my favorite as well. That's really cool. Let's see. Oh, yeah, Robert Clark's got some. Let's see. I'm watching on TV. Plan 9 from Outer Space, um, yeah, yeah, that's a great movie. I don't know, I wouldn't call that true horror, though. I mean, it tries to be. It's comical. It's definitely worth watching. You know, it's people say, oh, it's so bad, it's good. And I kind of agree with that with Plan 9, but I actually enjoy it. I've seen it on the big screen, and uh, I really I liked it. It was all right. You know, you got to, like, I'm, I'm low budget, so I get it. And I think he did what he could with it. I think some of his other movies, Bride of the Monster and, and um, Night of the Ghouls, they're okay. They're okay. But Plan 9 was definitely Ed Wood's, you know, that was, his, that was his shining moment in the stars, no doubt. The one with the rabbits is called, oh gosh, uh, Night of the Lupus. Very good. That's it. Food of the Gods. Yeah, okay. All right, I'm moving on. I can't believe no one's seen them. Y'all need to do this. All right, here's one you none of you will have seen, but you all should. The Quiet Earth. Has anybody seen The Quiet Earth? This is a New Zealand-made movie. And it is about a guy uh, who is messing around with the Earth's grid as part of his job and uh, accidentally ends up deleting everyone pretty much from the Earth. So he wakes up and it is, uh, it is a quiet Earth. He's alone. And eventually he finds some other people and uh, stuff ensues. I don't want to give anything away. But if you have never seen, I hope you all have a, a pen and paper out for tonight's show because I'm telling you, this is stuff that you will love for you will love for the uh, Halloween and The Quiet Earth with Zach Hobson is a great movie about what happens to you when you find yourself truly alone. And unlike uh, Wilson in uh, Castaway, this is a far more realistic version of what happens to the mind when we find ourselves alone for a long period of time. So I hope you all will take a chance and take a look at The Quiet Earth. It's probably going to be pretty hard to find. I'm sure you can get a used copy on DVD somewhere. All right, this one, I don't know if any of you have seen. This one bothered my wife and I. This is a more recent movie. And this one bothered me because it is based on a true story, and uh, and it's pretty rough. It's about a guy in Australia. Wolf Creek is the name of the movie. And it is about hitchhikers that uh, used to uh, go to one of the craters from many, many, many thousands of years ago in Australia. It's pretty far out in the center of Australia there. And this guy was preying on these hitchhikers. And, uh, you know, the movie is, of course, graphic in its own way. But I'll tell you, it is very frightening to me because, and I'm going to go ahead and pull up the second picture, the main character in this movie was a real deal. He was a psychopathic killer who enjoyed torturing and killing and just being a terrible human being. So uh, it brings it brings another level of fright when you watch Wolf Creek to know that, that this happened, so uh, I like Wolf Creek. Uh, Robert Clark says he has watched Quiet Earth. Great, man. I, w I hope you liked it. I thought it was a great movie, and I watch it you know, every five or six years. I'll pull it out. I actually have a copy that I bought on DVD years ago. Mark Bennett talking about Abbott and Costello meet the mummy, and, and really Abbott and Costello meet you know, um, 
what was it, Frankenstein, where, where Dracula and Frankenstein and the Wolfman are all in it, and they got all the classics back together. It was great, 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 great stuff, man. So, all right, moving on back into the 50s. Who here has seen the 1957 remake of, or, yeah, I guess it'd be considered a remake. The original was the radio play, which I will be playing Halloween night on my channel. Um, but The War of the Worlds, 1957, The War of the Worlds, is a excellent movie builds up and is so hopeless in every sense of the way it's so hopeless the, the fighting never goes well and you just feel you could feel it they build it up beautifully that everything that we have everything that we try everything that we do pales in comparison to what our enemies from outer space can do and so if you haven't seen the war of the worlds um and i'm not talking about the tom cruise one i'm talking about the war of the worlds from 1957 the special effects are excellent it's a color movie has a great cast, and I think you really, really will love that movie. So check that one out. Put that one on your list. And uh, Super Beast chiming in. Yeah, War of the Worlds is awesome. So uh, I think you all will like that. Let me move on again. I'm kind of get through some of these quickly, and some of these will dwell on. Uh, and this one here is Godzilla 1954. Yeah, I know. I know that y'all are going to think Godzilla is not a horror movie, but the original 1954 Godzilla, or the 1955, which I prefer uh, the American version that has uh, you know, some American scenes edited in, I actually feel like it's better than the Japanese version. But the original Godzilla is a scary movie for the same reason that War of the Worlds is a scary movie. Everything that they try and everything that they do doesn't work. Godzilla is an unstoppable force of nature. And uh, I think that movies that can capture that can can really bring real genuine fear to uh, our souls. Because we, we think about these things. And you, you can't stop a hurricane. You can't stop an earthquake. And you can't stop a tornado. And you can't stop Godzilla. And I think that's the message that this movie puts out. You know, obviously it was an analogy for nuclear war at the time. That's what the Japanese created this for. But, um, yeah, if you've never seen the black and white uh, with version of Godzilla with Raymond Burr, it is a great movie. It takes itself very seriously. And, honestly, the special effects are very good for its era. So if you've never seen that one, I highly recommend that. I think you all will like that. More Junkies Say in the Quiet Earth can be rented on YouTube. Dude, if you haven't seen it, Check that one out. I don't know what it's you know how much they're renting it for, but you know for three bucks, it's a great movie. Um, there is just one second or two of nudity in that, so just be aware of that if you're going to watch it with your children. But uh, other than that, there's very little you know. There's no cursing that I can remember, and it's just a good scary story. So Harold Way saying good movie on the Godzilla. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Saturday matinees at Myrtle Beach Air Force Base. The Godzilla, right on. Yeah. Uh, was a parable about the virtues of biological weapons. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. War of the Worlds was a parable about biological weapons. I had no idea. Huh. Interesting. Uh, I got my shot going home now. Chat later. Good day. Take care, Robbie Strike. 312 D-Man Florida. Good evening, man. Glad to have you in here. Uh, HNX Media saying Godzilla is certainly a horror film. Yeah. And The Day the Earth Stood Still is also definitely a good one. Yeah, Chris Severn, Raymond Burr is the guy that's that's in it. And again, like there are people who will literally be like, blasphemy, how dare you, the original's better. But I think the Americanized version with Raymond Burr, I think his narration and the seriousness and, and that he takes it uh, as, you know, as an actor really plays into the storyline and actually makes it better. So, 
I would definitely do that. All right, here's a controversial one I'm going to pull up here. And, uh, oh, no, no, that one's, well, I'll go into that one, actually. Uh, might as well. Um, I thought it was a different movie. The Return of the Living Dead. Who has seen this one? Because I think this is my favorite horror movie of all time right here. The Return of the Living Dead. And the story goes that The Night of the Living Dead was produced by George A. Romero. And, gosh, I can't remember his name right now. But, uh, you know, George Romero went on to make da uh, Dawn of the Dead. And then while he was working on Day of the Dead, the other guy sued and the two of them got into a, you know, a legal battle over the name of the Living Dead. And so, um, of the Living Dead became kind of both properties. So, Day of the Dead, and then we have the Return of the Living Dead. So... <laughs> That's how it worked out, and Day, Day of the Dead came out at the exact same time as The Return of the Living Dead, and I don't know if you've seen both of them, but I'll tell you what, Return of the Living Dead works on every level so well. It is comical, it is horrifying, and again, no matter what they do, things don't work out, which makes, for me, a perfect, perfect horror movie. The good guys lose at the end of The Return of the Living Dead, and that makes it all that much better. In fact, even nuclear weapons don't work out against The Living Dead and The Return of the Living Dead. So if you've never seen it, don't be shied away by the first 15 minutes of the 80s punk rock and all that stuff. That backdrop actually adds comedy relief to what is actually a very frightening movie. So, um, yeah, Return of the Living Dead. HNX Media saying it is a classic. Yes, yes. That is scary and funny. Yeah, it is, man. So it, it hits on all things. You can have some comedy, but you can genuinely be terrified. And like when they have the horror scenes, when they face the living dead, uh, it is a losing battle. And I think that, that even though there's that comic relief, that movie starts off at a pretty good pace and goes full tilt crazy. And once it gets up to speed, it stays that way. And I think that's one of the things that makes a good horror movie. If you're going to go that route, that's the way to do it. Dan O'Bannon is the name. Thank you, Robert Clark. I appreciate that, man. Harold saying, Return of the Living Dead. I saw it at the Midnight Theater. It's a great movie. Right on, yeah. Uh, Return of the Living Dead. Yes, great one. Late 80s, maybe early 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the punk rockers, man. And they're kind of kind of almost cartoonish punk rockers, but uh, doesn't stop the story. It doesn't stop the story or slow it down at all. And I quote that movie all the time, even to this day with my wife. And, uh, and have a great time. Al Martin, that's one that I did not put on the list, but he's chiming in with Shaun of the Dead being a masterpiece. Shaun of the Dead hits it the same way. It's a comedy, but it's a horror movie. There are moments in that where you're nothing but laugh, and there are moments in that where you're nothing but terrified, at least in the moment for the characters, right? Shaun of the Dead is an homage to all these movies, and it hits it perfectly. So definitely, man. All right, we're going to move on to our first anthology. If any of you haven't seen this, I am, um, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm just don't even know what to say. That's what I say. <laughs> and that is Creep Show, George A. Romero, Stephen King, and uh, they made a sequel to this, and now they actually have a TV series that they put a few episodes out. And uh, I think it's a great thing if you haven't seen it. A little bit dated, but uh, some great stories. Uh, HNX Media is saying that is why Night of the Living Dead is so horrifying. No one wins. Exactly, right? It, in the end, you know, the good guys die. And and honestly, let's, you know, if we're going to take a serious moment here, that's kind of how it goes a lot of times in the real world, isn't it? The good guys don't always win, you know? 
And heck, half the time, it's hard to tell who the good guys are in the real world, isn't it? I mean, there's obviously those moments in our lives. But Creep Show. Creep Show is uh, four separate stories, I believe. The funniest or the best one being the, uh, the, the, <laughs> the box that's underneath the stairs. I think it's... I think if you haven't seen the original Creep Show, you've got Stephen King acting in it uh, with a meteorite that leads to mayhem. You've got a crate from an Arctic expedition that leads to mayhem. You've got a uh, uh, comic genius there, Leslie Nielsen, playing a very bad guy. And uh, Sam from uh, Cheers is in that. So uh, that's, uh, that's another comic relief and, and a good one. And, uh, gosh, what's the other one? My Cake. I Want My Cake. It's got a whole bunch of young folks that are now old folks. But Creepshow is a great story. Don't be scared off by the low budget and, uh, you know, the kind of goofy start to it. It's actually a really good anthology. And I think if you give it a chance, you'll like it. If you want to check out the second one, it's also pretty good, although it's a little more hit and miss. But I think you would dig it. And so, uh, yeah, Creepshow, Creepshow. He liked, uh, too, The Raft is a perfect story, H&X Media. Yeah, Creepshow, too. I think that The Raft and the uh, the one with the uh, the Wooden Indian, uh, I think both those were really good. Uh, I like that on Creepshow, too. The one with Thanks for the Ride, Lady, is uh, that, that saying gets stuck in your head. Thanks for the ride, lady. But, uh, you know, other than that, that was a little hit or miss. But uh, I did definitely like The Raft, you know. He thinks he beats him, but he doesn't beat him. So, moving on from Creepshow, I'm going to go on with a classic space sci-fi scary one, the original Alien. And although Aliens is a great movie, action movie, great movie with a great cast and very, very many memorable lines, if we're going to be talking about just pure sci-fi horror, the original Alien hits all the marks. We don't hardly ever see the alien, you know, it's around. Sometimes they catch it on radar. Sometimes they see it in the, you know, in the tunnels. And sometimes it sneaks up behind us. But it's it's a perfect movie about a killing machine. And it has such a perfect, perfect design uh, where even if you kill it, it could kill you with its acid blood, you know. So if you, I'm sure all of you have seen at least one of the Alien franchise. But the original deserves a second look if you haven't. And certainly it is a uh, perfect movie for Halloween. As Chris is saying, he like throws X to the box. Yeah, I got you, brother. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street is up next. Yeah, uh-huh. Out of all the franchises, this is the one that I think actually is one of the scariest uh, movies out there. It really, yes, it brought a, a kind of comical bad guy character, but it hit it pretty good. It was creepy. It had great music. It had a good villain. And it had a great backstory. So I think that The Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, was a great movie. And of course, like many of the anthology type or you know series that, that come out of these, most of the sequels fail drastically. I mean, they fail horribly to follow up on the original Fear or whatnot. Um, but uh, this is this is so good. This is such a good movie. So if you haven't seen it in many years, or you've seen you know Freddy Part Twenty Five, and you're just like, I'm not going down that road. Uh, give it a shot. Give it a shot. The first one is actually quite a, a scary movie. Yeah, Super B saying yes, yes, yes to the original Alien, and in space, no one can hear you scream. Yeah, man, it's like, it's just so well done. 
And I think, I don't know, but I, I would imagine that it was done as a horror movie set in space. You know, I don't think it was an, a sci-fi movie. I think it was a horror movie that was set in space. So I think they really nailed it with that. HNX Media says, The crate is referenced in so many modern horror films. Arctic Expedition, Julia Carpenter, Horlicks University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Super B saying, Prometheus was a great prequel. I liked it. It had moments. I wish they had shortened that movie down, you know. Um, and I, I think that's a problem with a lot of... Uh, a lot of movies now are that you know where movies are stretching into two and a half, three hours long. It's like, come on, man, you know, come on. They don't need to be this long. Get the story over with. Let's move it. So suspense is good to build up to, don't get me wrong, but we don't need to have these side plot lines that just kinda don't go anywhere. I don't care about your romance, you know, I just want to get to it. <laughs> well, let's see. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. That's right, man. Oh gosh, so scary. Loved it. And uh, what was it? A very young Johnny Depp in that movie too, man. So uh, that's a great one, man. All right, here's one that I guarantee none of you will have heard of. You may have heard of the story. I hope you've heard of the story if you have any religious backing. Dante's Inferno, which is the story of Dante, who is given a tour of the seven levels of hell, and it is a great, scary movie with a lot of religious connotations to it. So there's some truth to it that, you know, might hit you in places in your own life where you look about the reasons that people end up in hell. This particular one is nearly impossible to find. So there's been some some movies made about Dante's Infernal, but this particular one that I'm showing you a picture from, I couldn't even find a DVD cover of it, was made in 2007. And if you can see in this picture here, it's actually like paper. It's, it's all drawn, and it, it doesn't, it's not even cartoonish, it's paper. But I'm telling you, the story comes along so beautifully that this is probably the best version of this story I've ever heard. It has some of the best acting I've ever seen uh, voice-wise. It is, it is just really, really, really a scary story, and, uh, and it talks about hell. And some of the other movies we're talking about tonight talk about hell as well, and I think... Of all the things that scare me the most, movies, stories, and, uh, and, and you know, just videos on hell bother me the most. So, uh, maybe because I certainly don't want to end up there. So, uh, I would put it on your list. I don't know where you would find it. I have not been able to find a copy, but I caught it years ago on Netflix, and, and I've never seen it again. So, hopefully, you're able to find it. It's the 2007 version. So, uh, there we go. All right, here's another one you will never see, but it used to play on TV on, um, what was the name of that TV station that went off the air? Gosh, I can't even remember. It was like the sci-fi channel. Chiller, Chiller Network used to play this. And of course, it was on TV back in the 90s, and I remember watching it live then. This is a, a series, you know, like it's not a continuation. It's, it's kind of like Tales from the Crypt, and it's Freddy's Nightmares, the series. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it. It went two seasons Freddy kind of acts as the Crypt Keeper, although there are a few episodes where he is an active part of the storyline. But it's stories of um, it's stories of people making tragic errors that lead to their demise. And Freddy's Nightmares. It's not available on DVD. There's some old episodes maybe available on YouTube to watch. But it's one that if it ever comes out, you'll want to definitely check out. Yeah, Charlie's saying hell is scary. Yeah, no doubt. The book is great. I've never seen uh, Dante's Inferno. Yeah, check it out, Harold. You would definitely like it. Just because the, the voice acting on that 2007 version is, um, is, is really, really, really scary. I mean, they just hit it so far. And they point. You know, it's, it's the guided tour, just like the book. It's that tour. 
abandon all hope, ye who enter, right? And it's that tour of, of what you see when you get to the other side and the ways that people end up on that, that side of, of the stuff there. So definitely something worth thinking about. Uh, Hellraiser, that's on the list tonight. I'll get to that one. Uh, the next one is another series, TV series, and that is a more comical one, Monsters. I grew up uh, in this era, so I was able to catch this late-night TV, Monsters, which was actually a sequel of Tales from the Dark Side. And Monsters is, uh, I think it ran for three seasons. Funny stories, kind of like Twilight Zone, kind of like Tales from the Crypt. If you like those, add Monsters to your list. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it, but uh, great and sometimes forgettable uh, episodes. But there's a couple of them. There's one with, um, there's a radio program that's that's a good one that's got, oh gosh, what was his name? Uh, Morton Downey Jr., you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s dad who died of uh, lung cancer, who was a talk show host at the time, came on and did an episode here, and he did a radio show host. He was awesome. So, <laughs> And, of course, Tales from the Dark Side as well which uh, probably one of my favorite, favorite, favorite television shows of all time. Three seasons it ran, and that was also uh, lots of cool individual short stories, 30-minute uh, long run time. So with you know commercials, you're talking 20-minute stories, something easily to watch an episode every night before bed, that kind of thing. And some of them are genuinely scary. Some of them are a bit comical and dated, but a lot of these stories are really still really good. So I hope you'll check out Tales in the Dark Side. A lot of those episodes available for free on YouTube as well but the dvd is available uh you know you can get it on amazon or ebay or whatnot chris seven saying the original fly no doubt no doubt no doubt uh charles broadway say all anthology series are the same but have different framing devices like the twilight zone and tales from the crypt exactly yeah the premise is is the same you know like there's been four or three remakes of the twilight zone and i've enjoyed every single one of them and tales from the dark side i wish they would bring it back they have brought Creepshow back as a series, and Monsters was pretty much just a continuation of Tales from the Dark Side, but I feel like all of those have a lot of great stories in there, and uh, you owe it to yourself if you've never seen these to go ahead and check them out. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, let me just check one thing here. Yeah, we're doing okay here. Cool, man. So, hanging in there. I know that the buffering still continues to be an issue, but I'm trying to keep keep it down here as much as I can. All right, here's Tales from the Crypt, but this is not the Tales from the Crypt y'all are thinking of. This is Tales from the Crypt, the 1974 movie, and I don't know if any of you have seen it. It has, uh, it has the first one is with Joan Collins is actually the original version of the very first episode of the Tales from the Crypt TV series, and that is about the deranged Santa Claus killer. But the rest of them are in, interesting stories, interesting stories. There's the Monkey's Paw and, uh, and and then there's two others that I don't want to tell you about, but they're really good stories. And Tales from the Crypt, the movie, is interesting because it involves hell. And you have the Crypt Keeper, and the movie starts off with people going through the caverns in, in uh, France, you know, and the caverns where all the bodies are stored from the plagues. And so they're on a tour, and suddenly these four or five people find themselves in a room and the door closes and they can't even remember why they got there. And the Crypt Keeper goes through and tells them all the stories of bad things that they've done. And they're all like, well, we got to go. Or we're going to be late for this meeting or whatnot. And at the end, you realize that they're not going anywhere, that they're going to hell. Because the door opens and they all get up and walk right into hell. And then the door closes. The Crypt Keeper looks at the camera and says, are you next? 
And that's pretty much how the movie ends. So if you haven't seen it, it's a great uh, beginning to the Tales from the Crypt series. So if you haven't seen that, uh, you owe it to yourself pretty much there. Uh, Charlie Broadway says short story TV shows are scary because you know the main characters are fair play because they won't be back next week. Exactly. I think yeah, that's a very good point, man. Whether you like them or not, they're they, you know, they're likely to be part of the background real quick. Somebody had mentioned this one before, but I want to go into this one again, and that is uh, this, and it is the original Hellraiser. You know, we talk about movies that involve going to hell, and uh, Hellraiser certainly fits that bill. It's a gruesome, violent movie, so it's not something you'd want to watch with the kids. But it certainly is an interesting interpretation of hell. And again, it, you know, it, it leads us into the um, into the thoughts of what leads us to hell. You know, the selfishness and and things like that that can get us tripped up and and head there. Now I am going to do something a little bit weird here and I'm going to use a Hellraiser sequel and that is this one. Now most of the time when we talk in sequels they kind of suck, let's be honest, right? But in this case I think y'all would really enjoy Hellraiser 5 because it's an interesting story. It really reminds me of of, you know, more along the world of Dante's Inferno. Uh, this is a story. It's a standalone story. It doesn't have all the all the you know gore and craziness uh, as the as the prequels do, but this particular one centers around two cops, and uh, one of them is not that great a cop. He's not a terrible human being, although he kind of grows into one as the story goes along. But he's a bad guy, and um, it's about his descent into what would probably be an average life, into where he makes all the wrong choices, and eventually finds himself face to face with Hellraiser. I really think you guys would like Hellraiser Five. Put that one on your, uh, put that one on your list for Halloween. That would be a good one for you. Moving from that all the way into yet another movie about hell is this one, and I don't know if you've seen this. This is more of a mystery and also a horror movie. Has anybody here seen The Ninth Gate with Johnny Depp? Uh, Charlie Broadway's chiming in the scariest horror movies and stories involve the loss of one's soul. I agree with that 100%, Charlie. I, it's, those are the ones that touch me the most. Because every day we make choices. And every day I question the choices that I've made at the end of the day and think, did I do the right thing? And unfortunately, if you're human like I am, some days you have to sit down and say, I'm not 100% sure I made the right choices. But of course, tomorrow's a new day, and we always try to make ourselves better. At least I do. I hope you do as well. And uh, I think, you know, if the day comes, if the day is tonight or tomorrow, and, and it were to come, that I would stand at the gates and be judged as a fair and honest man. And so uh, I think that's the way everyone should live their life. But it shows, these movies show us what can happen if we slip, if we make mistakes over and over again, or if we allow ourselves to be corrupted over and over again, or if we allow ourselves... You know, there's a lot of things that can lead us down the wrong path, isn't there? So, Super B saying, good movie. Ninth Gate was good. Yes. I did not get good reviews when it came out, is my understanding. And Roman Polanski is probably in hell or is headed there because he's a scumbag rapist. But this is a good movie about hell. And it's about Johnny Depp, uh, you know, being paid by a truly evil man to find the way to hell. Um, I don't know. Still having frame dropping issues. I'm sorry, DC Volts, man. Hopefully it comes back. We're having all kinds of uh, issues tonight, man. But I'm giving it my best, brother. 
So Charlie Broadway said the original Hellraiser messed with my teenage mind and haunted me for years. Yeah, as it should. Any good horror movie should leave a lasting impression. I've got Ninth Gate sitting around here somewhere, says Holiday Man. Um, Bro Weaver saying still buffering. Yeah, there is absolutely nothing more I can do about it, guys, other than just shut it down. I, I really want to continue going tonight. Uh, Mower Junkie saying Ninth Gate's good movie. Uh, why are horror movies scarier when we're teenagers? I think, Bro Weaver, because when we grow up, we realize the real world is terrifying. Uh, people are the real scary thing in this world, right? Um, ghosts and, and goblins and you know werewolves and Dracula and Frankenstein, those things scare us when we're young. And then when we grow old, we realize that it's our fellow humans that are actually the most dangerous things around. And um, it takes some of that out of it, I guess. But, you know, Alex saying the audio has kicked back temporarily. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's dropping frames, but I have it, uh, it, you know, I'm trying my best, guys, so let's try it, man. Horror films were largely about date night. Yeah, that was also true, man. So uh, let me go down here. Here's a one that y'all might disagree with. I'm saying that The Blob, the 1986 Blob remake, is a better movie than the original Blob. So go ahead and shout and scream and tell me I'm a horrible human being. But I do believe that the 1986 remake does it better. It has uh, practical special effects uh, just before the age of digital special effects. It had a good story. It had a good cast, and it just was a good movie. It, it took the original idea, which was a very low-budget uh, movie, and it expanded on it in a way that didn't disregard the original in any way. I think it just built on it. So I think that's a good movie if you haven't had that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Charlie's saying I should write down these movies. Yes, you all should have a pen and paper, because believe me, I'm going to be reviewing the uh, the chat box for some that I haven't seen. So. So oh, just uh, <laughs> so there you go, DC bolts. I understand, man. Yeah, I wish I wish things were different. And I promised. So Friday there was supposed to be yet another router on my doorstep, but it didn't arrive. So um, hopefully it'll be here on Monday, and maybe next time we do the show it'll be ready and rock and roll. It took three hours to upload one gigabyte of video this morning, and it should take about ten minutes. So I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, but it is what it is. Yeah, Super B saying Steve McQueen was in the original Blob. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying the original Blob wasn't a good movie. It was. I just feel like even with Steve McQueen involved, that the sequel was was better. And if you haven't seen it, give it a shot. It's really good. It's actually got some alumni from The Walking Dead in it. Um, and so there's a couple of people. You, you're going to recognize a lot of people from other movies in it. So there you go. Operator 430. Hi, Eric. I recently found this channel. Subscribed. I'm also subscribed to FPF. I'm a radio guy. Right on, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, that stream's going. So the radio station part of that keeps coming and going. Ever since I tried to upgrade uh, Shoutcast so that everyone could listen to Shoutcast all the time, it's had tons of issues. So um, I started the YouTube stream for WFPF Radio, and, and it plays pretty much what's playing on Shoutcast. So, uh, I'm glad you found that, man. You're one of like three people. So <laughs> so there you go. I appreciate it, man. So all right, here. Here's another remake that I think is, I'm not going to say it's better. I'm going to say it's equally as good. The original Fly with Vincent Price is an awesome movie, man. Awesome movie. Full color, scary ending, great. But the original, the remake here is also good. I think it really is um, good stuff. I think the you know, if you've never seen the 1986 version, it's got some great, practical effects that are in it and a uh, good cast and it's good it's good stuff but don't watch it with the kids because it does have some nudity and and you know they really didn't need to have that in there but you know they 
they put it in there. So just be aware of that or, or watch an edited version of it if you're going to watch that one with the kids. Robert Clark saying the original blob was an allegory for Hollywood blacklisting. No kidding. I had no idea. <laughs> that is interesting. No idea. All right, man. Past the halfway point here. And that's good because we're an hour and 20 minutes in. So that's we're right about on time here. I'm going to get rid of the Fly remake. And we're going to move on to this. This is a great movie. I watch this literally once a year on Halloween night. We watch this movie, The Fog. If you have never seen The Fog, you owe it to yourself to see John Carpenter's The Fog. It is a great movie with a great story. It is eerie. And it has, uh, oh gosh, what is her name? She's so beautiful even to this day. And she is a uh, radio show host working out of a uh, lighthouse. And, oh, man, what a great, great movie this is. So uh, <laughs> let's see here. How, uh, Robbie Strike says, I will check. I think I've seen that part, uh, the early part of that movie. I'm home from the hospital, and it was the quickest small trip I ever had. Right on, dude. Robert Clark saying Goldblum's rear. Yeah. Well, it was also the girl. They had, like, a, you know, a sex scene or something in that, and that just kind of, Definitely don't want to have that on with the kids around. Let's see what it's saying. Uh, the Fly remake was truly horrific, says Charlie Broadway. Yeah, I agree, man. It was. It was. It was a genuinely... And you feel bad for Jeff Goldblum. I mean, you know, he let... And it's, you know, let's talk about hell again. He let, he let himself fall into the trap of, you know, being so self-inflated. Just being so, you know, that it just... He made the mistakes. Bridget Bardo, that is the one. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Talex001, good to see you in here. I don't think we've ever talked before, but you just won the night. Thank you for the name. Miss Bardo was also, uh, she was also the person that got eaten in Creepshow, but she is stunningly beautiful. She was in, and then there's Maude, right? She was the daughter in that show, and I have had a crush on her probably since then. So uh, she's still around, and she is still a bombshell, even to this day in her 70s, much like Elvira. Some people just don't age, or they age... Like a fine wine. I'm aging like a glass of warm milk. So uh, good for them and bad for me, right? <laughs> but The Fog, yes. If you have not seen The Fog, you will get the chills. You will love The Fog. It is a great, great story. And uh, you'll love it. Yeah, Cannonball Run. That's right. She was in that one too. And holy smokes. Whew, she's something else. We move from The Fog on to another one. This is a science fiction movie. And it is also scary as you know what. It is John Carpenter's The Thing. And this is another movie that I probably find myself watching at least once a year. I have this on VHS and it's probably about worn out, but I watch it once a year. It is The Thing. And it is a great, great story. Now, the original from the 50s was also a good one. The remake was not a good one. It, 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 it had absolutely everything The Thing had. Except for a plot and a suspense and uh, <laughs> a storyline that was worth following. <laughs> but The Thing, yes, is a great, great movie about an alien uh, biological entity that has infected us. And it's who is who they really are and who isn't who they really are. Great, great 80s practical special effects. Far superior to anything that we can do with a computer today. And far more believable. So if you've never seen The Thing, and hopefully everyone has, it is definitely time to put that one on the list. Chris saying Escape from New York. Yep, she was in that one too. Oh, yeah. 
Robbie Strike says, one of the funniest four movies of all time would be Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, yeah, where the cars and everything else tries to kill us. Yes, indeed. <laughs> all right. Okay. Oh, boy. We're getting there. All right. I'm going to go with a more modern one here temporarily. Well, let's see here. Charlie Broadway says, at the end of The Fly, he found his soul, which made it a tragedy. You felt really bad for him and his mistakes. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you... you the, that that remake, the '86 remake of The Fly, definitely fits what I think like every good movie should have. It has that that arc, you know. And so many movies fail to have the arc, so I like that. All right, let's see here. I'm gonna click off that one, and here we go to a more modern one. Super B saying the thing scared the heck out of him. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, I mean it's a good movie, and it has some great scary monster effects when when they do the blood test and that dude's head comes off and turns into a spider and I mean holy cow man and uh, the soundtrack is excellent which I think is great and that's the other thing about the fog you know both the fog and the thing have great eerie music to go with it that helps build that suspense now the movie you're looking at here this is not the 1978 version of Dawn of the Dead which is also a great movie, but I did want to bring some attention to one that may have gotten forgotten at this point. Since we think about the, the trilogy, you know, Night of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and Day of the Dead. But we really don't think about the remakes, because most of them weren't all that great. But uh, Dawn of the Dead from 2004 is an excellent remake. Um, talking about the human psyche, talking about, you know, the, the zombie apocalypse and all the other stuff there. Has a great post credit scene. It just hit everything, man. Uh, Robert Clark saying, if you're going to watch Kurt Russell, might as well watch Escape from L.A. Yeah, man, awesome movie. You know they were going to make Escape from Earth. They were going to make a third one, but I guess they canceled it. Now they're thinking about you know, reinventing it again. Ugh, gosh, please don't do that. But if there's one thing Hollywood can't do properly anymore, it's a remake. <laughs> or a reimagining. Ugh, boy. H&X Media saying, Paranoia Made Perfect, The Thing. Exactly, man. Exactly. You want you want you want to build mistrust, you know, and the thing captures it so well that even even guys and gals who are friends with each other, well, they're not friends anymore. Now they don't trust each other, and once we don't have trust, we got big problems, right? Uh, let's see, Taylor saying no no better looking woman in a horror movie than Jessica Lange in King Kong, uh, the '76 remake, yeah, yeah, I'd go with that. Didn't think much of that movie though. I didn't like that remake on in general. It was very pork, especially considering the original and the 2005 version just just nailed it and. Uh, that 76 remake just missed. But, uh, yeah, so Dawn of the Dead is on that list for you. And also, this one's going to blow people away. We talked about it earlier, but it's this one. And that is the Night of the Living Dead remake. It is the 1990 remake by Tom Savini. Now, Tom Savini is a horror. Uh, he does a lot of practical effects for horror movies through the 70s and 80s. And this was his, this was his homage, man. This was his movie. He had the blessing uh, from... Uh, to make the movie and so he made it and it's it is a faithful remake with updated storylines a little bit and it's a great movie and if you haven't seen the remake you owe it to yourself to check it out man you really do because it is actually a better movie well i won't say better it is equal in, in that uh it is equal to the original night of the living dead better special effects um you know more budget obviously, but a good cast, memorable characters, and uh, a little bit of a twist at the end, but a good one, but a good one. Night of the Living Dead 1990, Tom Savini. Uh, you know, there's been so many remakes and reimaginings of the Living Dead series, 
but Savini's was the first, and like I said, he had his blessing, and George Romero kind of helped him through it. So uh, I think you'd really like it. Good acting. Um, let's see all these. Uh, let's see the mall in Pittsburgh. I would like to go to that mall, Chris. I've, I've been to Pennsylvania many times, but I try to stay away from major cities, and Pittsburgh certainly qualifies. But I'd love to check that mall out sometime. Charles Broadway said all those dead movies were uh, potent social commentaries. No doubt. Yeah, Day of the Dead probably being the most. Uh, but, uh, you know, Dawn of the Dead being about uh, gluttony and, and Day of the Dead just, just a, a good storylines. But I liked all of them. My wife's not a huge fan other than the original. Bro Weaver, good to see you in here tonight, man. Hollywood has no originality. Why so many remakes? How about something new? Yeah, I mean, it's like they literally are running out of stories. So when we do find a good story, it's good, good to point that out. Uh, Al Martin saying Savini was an awesome guy. Uh, Bone Tomahawk, yeah, man, that's a. I remember that movie. That was not what I expected. I thought I was going into a cowboy movie, but whew, boy, that was a tough one. Uh, let's see here, Wandering Jedi. They often fill in new remakes with S. Yeah, yeah, propaganda. Exactly. That's a lot. It seems like all movies are just propaganda now. So you'll notice none that have been made here in the last twenty years or ten years at least. Anyway, so. <laughs> All right, let's move on from that one. And uh, y'all are going to be crazy. So we were talking about the original Halloween earlier, and that was not the one on my list. Halloween 3, The Season of the Witch. I like this movie better than any of the other Halloween movies. It is its own independent story. It doesn't have a big slasher. It's a story about witchcraft and evil. And, uh, and again, it doesn't have a great ending, does it? For those of you who have seen it, I won't give it away for those of you who haven't, but it's not the ending we expect. Halloween 3, The Season of a the Witch. Great, great, great movie. And, uh, I, I mean, there's a soundtrack to that that just gets stuck in your head, and I'll go ahead and pull it up here. <laughs> there's the three masks, Silver Shamrocks. Silver Shamrocks, right? <laughs> so underrated. Yeah, like, when it came out, HNX Media... Season of the Witch was like the most hated. They were like, ah, it's not a Halloween movie, boo. You know, everyone was like, they couldn't stand it. But dude, out of all the movies, this one has the most rewatch value for me. And again, I find myself probably watching this at least every year at Halloween, like that that week. You know, it'll be The Fog, The Thing, and, and Halloween 3, and maybe throw in, you know, one or two or three other ones if I have the time. But yeah, I try to do that. <laughs> They're just awesome, man. Chris Severn saying Train to Busan. That was an excellent movie. Definitely, definitely, definitely. All right, Season of the Wish. And now I'm going to go on. Somebody just mentioned it, the original Frankenstein. Well, I'm just going to say this. Universal Classic Monsters. With very, very, very few exceptions, Universal just nails it in pretty much every single one of these old movies. The 1931 Frankenstein. You have the original Dracula with Bela Lugosi. You have The Invisible Man with Basil Rathorn. You have The Wolfman, which we watch every year. My wife's favorite movie is the original Wolfman with, uh, gosh, what was his name? Oh, my gosh, I'm pulling a blank on him. But and, and, and the sequels are excellent as well. Bride of Frankenstein, excellent movie. Many of the sequels to Dracula are excellent movies. If there's a weak spot in the series, it's going to be um, some of the sequels to The Mummy can be a bit you know, repetitive. But the original Mummy, even, is an excellent movie. The original Creature from the Black Lagoon, although a little bit dated, is a great story. So if you haven't picked this up, and I'm going to tell you, like, the picture you're looking at right here, 
Universal Classic Monsters 30 film set. It even includes Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, which is a great, great movie from the 50s. These, this, these, this series, this pick here, can be gotten for like 30 bucks. You know, 30 movies. That's a dollar a movie. And, uh, and, and the replay value is awesome. So, like, you know, we'll, we'll catch up. We'll be in the mood and we'll, you know, make a big old pot of popcorn and turn down the lights and watch one of these things. And you're never let down. And when it comes to movies that are scary that you can watch with your kids, these are great, great movies that you can do that with because there's no swearing. And the violence is shown off screen or, you know, is non-graphic. And there's no nudity. So, I mean, you're looking at these, these movies and they're scary. And, uh, and they're just great stories. So it's a great way to introduce younger kids to scary stuff without really, you know, giving them nightmares or without introducing them to things that they don't need to see. So if you haven't seen these in years, and I know my generation was probably the last generation to see these things on TV. Um, so that's why they, I'm reminded of them. Uh, you definitely, definitely, definitely would love to own a, this collection because there would just be so many of these movies that you'll see. And if you've never seen them before, you will be amazed at how frightening a movie from the thirties can be. So you'll really will love that. Uh, yeah. Hewlett Baker saying Lon Chaney Jr. That's right. Lon Chaney. And, um, uh, let's see. Young Frankenstein is a great homage to all these classic monster movies. That's a great movie, too. Not exactly a horror movie by any means, but a good good movie of the genre, so definitely. Uh, uh, Black and White is always scarier than color. I'd agree with that. Uh, Salem's Lot is a great movie. No doubt. Super B, no doubt. Love that one. And Bela Lugosi, no doubt. Exorcist, I never liked. Yeah. Wandering Jedi, um just didn't, I, I just don't, I don't know, I don't like it. And maybe, maybe what Wandering Jedi is saying, maybe there's actually stuff going on in the movie that made it less watchable because of that. So, I, I don't know. Let me show you another photo here of Universal. If you, you know, just to give you an idea of the movies that you're in. You got The Creature from the Black Lagoon. You've got the Dracula series. Now there's three from The Creature of the Black Lagoon. I think it's the Revenge of the Creature and The Creature Walks Among Us. Dracula has at least four sequels. Frankenstein has at least four sequels. You have Frankenstein, The Bride of Frankenstein, Son of Frankenstein, Frankenstein versus the Wolfman, and I can't remember, The Ghost of Frankenstein, I think it is. So plenty of those. And honestly, every single one of them is a good movie. The Invisible Man, the original is awesome. The sequel's good. Maybe not the greatest, but good. Uh, and then the Mummy series, the first one is excellent. I think the next two are okay. The last two were a little bit sluggish. but uh, And then, of course, you get... You know, you get Abbott and Costello thrown in there. So, uh, and it's, that Abbott and Costello is, is, is great. You know, it's just, it's a great movie. It really did a good job. They weren't making fun of any of these characters. It's a very serious story with a little comic relief. Not unlike, you know, Shaun of the Dead would be in the modern era. So they did a really, they obviously loved it. You know, they loved the genre and they wanted to do it justice. So. Okay, and uh, Brandon Fraser, yeah, uh, with yeah, those are more action movies, but kind of loose remakes of the Mummy. So yeah, I think uh, Taylor's talking about the Brandon Fraser remakes of the Mummy. I I liked him. I liked him. I like Brandon Fraser. He's dropped off the earth. They blacklisted him for whatever reason, but uh, I always found him to be, you know, they put him maybe in more roles that were Indiana Jones esque. I think maybe they sh could have gotten a little bit more of a masculine guy playing those, but he did a really good job with them, and I think he's an all right actor. I like him. 
So let's see here. Last two, and then we're just going to have free form here for a little while. It's unfortunate we won't be able to open the lines up. I'm, it's, but I'm glad I made it an hour and a half anyway. But here we go. The last two. These are uh, lesser knowns, and this is Hammer Horror Films. Who here knows Hammer? Hammer Horror Films. Now, this, this picture that I have up here doesn't do it any justice, but they made a lot of movies that were not based off of the Universal Classics. You can see here the Gorgon, Scream of Fear, the Two Faces of Dr. Jekyll, um, Stop Before It Kills Again. Hammer made some doozies, okay? And not all of their movies are awesome, but a lot of the movies are pretty darn good. Uh, but uh, they did do a ton of Universal Horror remakes, okay? So they, they went after and just did it. And so they have The Mummy, and they did great... Um, they did some great work. Dracula series. They did Dracula as Risen from the Grave. They did The Wolfman. Curse of the Wolfman is a great movie. Uh, Brides of Dracula is a great movie. Uh, Mummy's Tomb and The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb are great movies. If you haven't seen Universal, or if you ha have seen Universal, but you haven't seen the Hammer Horror Films, you're, I, th I think you're actually going to like Hammer Horror Films. Some of those movies are superior. I think the 1959 Mummy from Hammer Horror Films is better than any of the mummies from the Universal. Dracula, I think they're equally good. Frankenstein may be the weakest point of the Hammer Horror Collection, but, uh, you know, these can be found. I think the one thing that I don't like about this right now, and this isn't a bad part about these movies, but uh, you can't get, like, you know, the anthology. You can't get, like, the whole set, which I would love to go out and get kind of like what the Universal Classics were. I paid... $32 I paid for my 30 movies from Universal. And I would love to get that from Hammer Horror where it was all of the uh, Mummy and all of Frankenstein and, and all of Dracula but um, and all of the Wolfman ones. But but they don't. They always throw in one of each and then, you know, it's hard to find the sequels because, uh, you know, some of the stuff hasn't been released on DVD yet or it might never be. So <laughs> there it is. But, uh, yeah, Hammer Horror. So... Looks like uh, Yalstar9570 is a fan of British horror. Good. Uh, Hammer House of Horror, 1980. Yeah, I've, I've been catching some of those. That was a series that came out with, and those are pretty good. So, um, that's, guess what, everybody? There's only one more movie I wanted to talk about, and I don't have a picture for it. But uh, I'll just talk to you about it, and we're going to wrap this show up. And that is this. It is on Netflix right now. It may have uh, may have gone unnoticed by most people because there's so many movies on Netflix that are no good. But my mother has a subscription to Netflix, and we we uh, split the bill, so we have it here at the house now for the first time in a couple of years. And um, that is called As Above, So Below. And I think I may have talked about it on an episode uh, maybe a year or two ago here on the show. But As Above, So Below is also talking about hell and it is a great movie about uh, the catacombs under France where all the bodies are buried and it's about an explorer well sort of an explorer a, a uh, relic hunter who convinces other people to guide her through the catacombs in search of a thing that's going to make anything into gold and on this journey where they really are traveling is into hell and they all have to face the reasons that they have come to hell. So uh, I, I really liked it. Um, I thought it was probably one of the best movies I had seen. You know, And like I said, we haven't talked about any real movies made in the last 10 years. I think the newest movie would have had to have been Paranormal Activity. And even that's got to be going on 10, 12 years old now. This movie is only maybe 2 or 3 years old. 
but it is an excellent movie. It is scary. It is thought provoking, and uh, and I think y'all would like that. So and it's free if you have Netflix, which is a rarity these days for these movies to be any any movies of any actual value to be to be available free like that. So as above, so below. Good movie. So uh, that's that's it. <laughs> HNX Media is saying as above, so below is great. But you have to like found footage films. Yeah, sometimes it does have shaky cams, sometimes it doesn't. But I found it to be not distracting, which is nice. So, you know, sometimes those things are, uh, sometimes the shaky cam is just just excessive and goofy. But I think that, uh, I think that it's, I think it's definitely worth a watch. And, and I'd love to hear maybe the next time we get together, if anyone has seen it, if they thought it was a good movie or any of the movies that I talked about tonight. And I'm just going to go through the comments section a little bit. Y'all were talking about some that I skipped over, but I've um, uh, never seen Merlin Shop and Mystical Wonders. That one has definitely not been on my list. Um, Tales of the Unexpected. I believe I have seen that. British, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Check out Event Horizon. So, yeah, I saw Event Horizon years ago on, like, the Sci-Fi Channel. You know, I had cable back in... Uh, the 90s for like from like 1998 to 2001 we had cable because uh, we lived in a place that actually offered it and uh and i remember seeing that you know sci-fi channel used to be awesome they used to play friday night movie of the weeks and they had a lot of uh asylum films which are like you know cheesy monster movie type stuff but i enjoyed those so did my wife so uh uh yeah nobody's making movies these days might as well do a YouTube channel called The Midnight Cafe. This is The Midnight Cafe channel, isn't it? Or am I on a different... Did I log on to the wrong channel tonight? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Oh, gosh. Everybody, I want to just say... Uh, oh, The Blair Witch Project is an excellent movie. It almost made the list tonight, and, and it probably should have, but there's some people that really don't like it, man, you know? <laughs> I was shocked that there are people out there that are like, eh, it was a terrible movie. I really thought it was good. It was suspenseful. It was low budget, which once again proves... You can tell a scary story with a very minimal budget, man, you know? You don't have to put a ton of cash into it. And it almost seems like some movies where they, you know, big budget stuff, they just kind of fall flat, you know? Y'all start a thank you, man. Superb content, he's saying. Thank you, thank you. Uh, we can all connect over horror. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, right? I mean, it's, it's just for Halloween. And I think that, um, I think that being Halloween this, this week coming up, I'm not going to be doing a show for Halloween. In fact, the next time y'all hear an episode of the Midnight Cafe will be when I do the radio giveaway on the 14th. i going to take a couple weeks off. Um, you know, this show is sporadic. We actually did, what, three or four in a row here, which is pretty hard for me to pull together um, with life. <laughs> Amazing how life is. But I hope you like it. If you do like the show, please pass this information along and pass the links along to friends. You know, YouTube uh, is an interesting place, and I'm sure lots of you actually are Super B. I know you produce videos, Mower Junkie. I know you produce videos. Oh, Mower Junkie saying Final Destination um, 1, 2, and 3. Good movie. I like the first one a lot. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen the the, um, the sequels to it, but I do like Final Destination. Again, it's like they come up with a good idea, and that was a good one. I like that one. I think I saw that on Sci-Fi as well, actually. Uh, so, you know, I know Robbie Strike's got videos. Uh, the way that people find these channels, the way that people find Mower Junkie and, and, and Super B and, and Robbie Strike is word of mouth, right? So it's one of the main reasons I mention y'all when I make videos occasionally and, and point people in the right direction. And I hope that you'll do the same for this channel. And, and it's just kind of that cyclical thing. We all help each other out. 
So uh, if you like it and you think maybe somebody else you know at work or at school or wherever would enjoy it, let them know about it because it's definitely G-rated stuff for the most part. And when we do talk news, we don't talk about politics, at least as little as possible. Uh, Wrong Turn is good. Yeah, the original one was good. Hostile. That one I have not seen. I've heard it is excruciatingly uh, graphic. So um, Human Centipede. Oh, my gosh. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah, actually, X-Ray Z, I'm getting ready to go watch Spangoolie as soon as we get off the uh, air here. I'll miss the first bit of it, but they always have great old 50s sci-fi and horror movies on Spangoolie. He's a great guy, man. There you go. <clears throat> yeah, please hit the like button if you haven't already, guys. Troll Hunter. Yeah, I started to watch that. That was in another language, and I, I, I didn't, I think I fell asleep or something like that. But. Operator 430 wants to know what radio am I giving away? I am giving away a Redicus TR5, uh, is it 508? I think it's a 508. It's an FM transmitter, part 15 legal. Start your own radio station, my friend. All you got to do is go over to the uh, Farpoint Farms channel. Look for that video there I posted this morning. It's been quite popular. You know, anytime something's free, people are happy about it, and that's awesome. And leave one single comment telling me why you think you should have it, and we'll do a random drawing here uh, soon enough. So I hope you get in there. It's in the drawings on the 14th. But it's if you think about starting a community radio station in your town, well, then uh, here's an opportunity to get started for free. So, Robbie Strike saying, haven't seen The Fog, but we'll check it out. I love John Carpenter movies. Also love his style for using synthesizer music from the 80s. Yeah, man. Oh, really? That's really cool. So he's saying you got a CD of that. Man, I would love to uh, uh, I would, I would love to get a, a CD of that. I'll have to look for that on YouTube or on uh, eBay, see if there's a CD of some of his classic scary stuff from the day. <laughs> Uh, Harold Wade saying, I've been watching Farpoint, and Charlie Broadway said, came for CB Radio, stayed for the Midnight Cafe. <laughs> Guys and gals and everybody in between, it has been an honor. I'm going to wrap this up at one hour and 45 minutes. I think it was a good, good, good show. Uh, I wish, and maybe the next time, maybe on the 14th, well, I hope on the 14th, that everything is back to the way it was uh, before all the weird internet connectivity issues started up. And we'll be able to uh, take some calls. And in fact, maybe the winner will call in. But uh, we'll do that. And I'm not even sure what the topic will be. I have some ideas. And Kevin might join us again. I have talked to him. He, he enjoyed coming on the show last week. And he said he'd be uh, interested in doing it again. So that was cool. If you liked him, maybe we'll bring him back for another round. <clears throat> and uh, that's it. I'm going to pop a song on. And I'm going to say goodnight. I'll run the song out and you'll let the uh, chat box go. If you haven't hit the thumbs up, please like and uh, do so at this point. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And if you haven't hit the bell icon on this channel, you definitely want to. Because every once in a while, I just hit record and go live. So sometimes it's not planned. It's just, it just happens. So if you have that bell icon on, you happen to be you know, near YouTube, it'll let you know, hey, that crazy guy from Farpoints is talking again. <laughs> Take care, my friends, and have a great one. I will see you in a few weeks. Enjoy your Halloween. Bye-bye.